0: Pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truth about the incredible provision of God for his ministry. God does what he wills. He owns a
1: cattle on every hill. If he raises a ministry up, and if that pastor and elders depend upon God, God will take care of it. Even if people didn't give, God will provide the money. I believe that wholeheartedly. I am an example of that in this ministry, 32 years, ladies and gentlemen. It is stupid to try to do ministry any other way. God is faithful.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. There's nothing like having family, especially for support when going through tough times. Today, Pastor Xavier shares how the family of God bands together to help their brothers and sisters in the Lord. Let's join him in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 16, for today's encouraging message and simple truths of God's provisions and offering of love. Paul the Apostle
1: had um, spoken to the Corinthians about their lack of love for the church body because they loved themselves so much. They were so caught up in themselves. They had culturalized the, the church, bringing the world into the church. Paul now comes to the end of the letter and he deals with the matter of uh, the poor saints of Jerusalem in order to bring about greater unity between Jew and Gentile. That was a great animosity. You must understand that. Sometimes we just kind of kick it over in real life, but it wasn't. Um, The Jews considered the Gentiles As scavenger dogs That the only purpose God created them Was to kindle the fires of hell Did you know that? So when the Jews went up to the the Galilee They would either go across Jordan And and travel up the King's Highway Or they would go by the Via Maris Up by the Mediterranean And go over And when they crossed back over They would shake dust off their, their clothes In case there was Gentile dust on it Heavy stuff Paul's purpose Was to remind them That they were one in Christ In the heavenlies, in Christ, the Holy Episcopal of Ephesians. Regardless of what your race is, your nationality, we're Christians. Don't let no one divide you in your Christian ethic and morals and understanding. That's the highest citizenship we have. We're Christians. I get care less where you come from. Your nationality, your race means nothing to me. I don't look up on on you. I don't look down on you. I look at you as a Christian. And their scripture should be what's the basis of your ethics and your morals and your decision making for all of life, on every level, whoever it may be. Very, very important. We're the family of God. And so, Paul the Apostle now, for this reason, instructs the Corinthians on the collection for the poor saints at Jerusalem. And he does this in verses 1 through 4. Let me read here 1 through 4. Not concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given orders to the church of Galatia, so you must do also. On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay um, something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there may be no collection when I come. And when I come, uh, whoever you approve um, uh, by your letters, I will send to bear your gift to Jerusalem. But if it is fitting that I go also, they will go with me. And so, Paul's instruction to the Corinthians for the collection for the saints here in Jerusalem is characterized by the following. First, The mutual partaking in the collection, verse 1. Secondly, you have the method of gathering the collection, verse 2. And thirdly, the means for transporting the collection, in verse 3 and 4. The mutual partaking of the collection. Notice verse 1. Paul the Apostle stated their participation in the collection was due to the fact that it was for the saints. Now concerning the collection, for the saints. Paul the Apostle dealt here with the collection without doubt because the Corinthians had asked about it. The phrase right here that we have now concerning is a repeated expression that we saw in chapter 7, verse 1, 8, 1, 12, 1. Here it is again. These were questions that they had asked Paul to instruct them about. The word for collection, logia, comes from the word lego. To collect or it means to gather, uh, together something, make a collection. And appears only two times in the New Testament in this form. Here in verse 1 and in verse 2. The word is now found in classical writings. But uh, the Greeks used it for feast contributions, mutual relief and contribution for the poor. Now Paul notice indicated that the people for whom it was intended for was the saints. Hagios, It means that which is holy set apart. It appears 229 times in the New Testament. The same root word is used for the word sanctification. Sanctified. Holy. Saint. Same root word set apart. The word is describes a person who has come to know Jesus Christ. Through godly repentance. Preaching of the gospel. And their lives are not transformed being Christians. That is your only identity. Saint You are a Christian. You're a citizen of God. Yes, you live in this world, but you're not of this world. Yet you have to be active in this world for good. But that's your highest thing. Don't let no one divide you. I don't see your color. I could care less. I understand you're black or you're brown or you're red or whatever. But that doesn't, it doesn't matter. I've got two arms, two legs and a head. So do you. That makes us human beings. Creating the image and likeness of God. And we're all rotten sinners. You differ, I'll talk to you afterwards. It only takes take me a second to show you how rotten you are. <laughs> now the contribution to these saints was undoubtedly a charitable contribution, as it says right here in the context. And for the poor saints of Jerusalem and Judea. And as you know, there were several contributing factors to this. And uh, certainly as many of these Jews became Christians, they were targeted by other Jewish believers. And many of their businesses, I'm sure, were boycotted. Okay, So they were targeted. But also there was a famine. Acts 12.1 tells us in the land. And Paul and Barnabas sent some relief uh, from Antioch. But probably the major reason I think that uh, they became poor is out of good motivation. Good intents. Remember they sold all their goods and they gave it for the poor and they put it at the apostles' feet? That was good. it's commendable. But I feel it's wrong. Listen to me. You as a Christian, it is much better for you to be a steward of your money, that you let your money work for you so that you can continue to be benevolent to those that God directs you and you can provide for yourself showing that you are not a beggar. If you sell everything and give it to a church and all that, that's not what God wants for you because then somebody has to take care of you. You let your money work for you and others and you be benevolent, you be loving, you be obedient to God. But God never requires you to give everything And if a pastor tells you to sell everything Give it to him Get up and walk out Notice the apostle Paul He stated the collection was actively in process Involving all the churches of Galatia Uh, As I have given orders to the churches of Galatia Uh, Paul was the influence behind the collection as you know Paul being a Jew Loved Israel so much That he could wish himself a curse Damn for Israel in Romans 9 3 That's an incredible love what an incredible man. Paul was had seen the severe poverty of the church. And he felt an obligation and love out of that. To come alongside and, and compassionately give to them. That's all. Paul had given orders to the churches of Galatia. As he mentions here. Let me give you some of those passages. In Galatians chapter 2 verse 9 and 10. He says, When James... Uh, and Cephas and John had seemed to be pillars perceiving the grace of God had given to them. And gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship that we should go to the Gentiles and the day to the circumcised. They desired only that we should remember the poor, the very thing which we also did eager to do. So in other words, remember the relief for the famine in Acts 12. 1? They sent some relief. They took it down there. Also in Romans 15, 25-27, Paul told the Romans, But now I am going to Jerusalem to minister to the saints, for it pleased those from Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor among the saints who are in Jerusalem. It pleased them indeed, and they are their debtors. For if the Gentiles have been partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister to them in material things. So Paul is saying, listen, the Gentiles in Macedonia, we didn't want to take their money, but they said, Come on, come on, don't rip us off. The Jews gave us our Messiah. The Jews gave us the Scriptures. We can at least get bit of what we have. Whoa. And he will use the Macedonians to rebuke the Corinthians. In fact, in 2 Corinthians 9, 1 and 2, he told the Corinthians there, now concerning the ministry of the saints, speaking about the same people. It is the purpose for me to write to you, for I know your willingness about which I boasted of you to the Macedonians that Achaia was ready a year ago. So in other words, the, the, the Corinthians had been slackful for a year. And we're going to see that it came from their own proclamation. Paul didn't force them. The phrase I have given orders here in the text here of uh, Corinthians, it means to appoint, to ordain, or to set an order for the collection um, that be accomplished. The phrase has nothing to do with compulsion or forcefulness. That should never be. Any giving should never be forceful. Or by compulsion. Rather for loving action and motivation of the heart because I'm obeying God and I'm I'm obeying God's direction. That's very, very important. It's unfortunate that there's so much pressure and so much begging and so much prodding from the pulpit, from Christian ministries and everything else. I say it with embarrassment. The Apostle Paul stated their taking up in the collection was due to the fact that the Corinthians were to follow the example of the churches of Galatia. Now the Galatians are Gentiles, okay? The Corinthians are Gentiles. They're going to help the Jewish brethren who become Christians. He says, so you must do also. The church of Ephesus without doubt was a certain center for this collection because Paul was writing from there and he had spent there three years. Uh, He had left the kill in Priscilla, remember in Ephesus in Acts 18.18 and then he returned on the third missionary journey. And, uh, according to his words in Acts 2031, he had spent there for three years, ministering unto them as a shepherd. The other churches that sprung up out of Ephesus was Colossae, Hierapolis, Laodicea, the Lycus Valley, as you know, as we went through those epistles. And without doubt, the other churches out of the book of Revelation, they also probably sprung out from the Ephesian ministry. It was a very flourishing ministry. Smyrna, Pergamus, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia. They're all right there in Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey. Now, notice the word do. It means to make ready or prepare just as the other churches in Galatia were doing. So in other words, he's not asking them to do something different from anybody else. He's asking them to do and be followers of those who are demonstrating love. The tense is the imperative command out of mutual affection and relationship to the saints, not a compulsion of forcefulness. That's never to be when it comes to giving. The giving is always of one's free will. Anybody who pressures you or forces you, do not give a dime. It should never happen. The Corinthian church was part of the churches of Macedonia and were to do what? Their part. Now, when he writes the second letter, he deals more specifically with it, still dealing with this issue. Listen to 2 Corinthians 9, 2 through 5. Paul told them in the second letter that their promise to participate, in fact, had encouraged others to Partake, he says, and your zeal has stirred up the majority. In other words, the Corinthians says, hey, listen, we're, good, we, we're going to do it. And, and other churches heard about it, and they, they jumped on the wagon. So it came from the Corinthians. And Paul told them of their procrastination. He says, yet... I have sent to the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this respect. That as I said, you may be ready, lest if some Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we, not to mention you, should be ashamed of this confident boasting. So in other words, if you said you're going to do it, do it. Paul also told him of his plan of sending others ahead to ensure that That they would be ready and to make sure that it did not appear as it was begrudging. He says, therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time. And prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you had previously promised it came from them. That it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a begrudging obligation. So Paul's no pressure here. He's reminding them of what they promised. He's coming along. He's getting this collection for the poor saints. R.G. Latournu, a Christian earth-moving machinery manufacturer who died in 1969, failed often in the early years of his career. Ironically, though he made 35,000 profit one year in the middle of the Depression, puffed up with pride, he withheld the payment of his five thousand annual pledge to the Christian uh, Missionary Alliance Church, in order to reinvest in the business and to give the Lord even a greater share in the following year, when he anticipated a net profit of a hundred thousand dollars, which then was a great amount. God was not mocked by the with withholdings of this tithe from the storehouse within a year. The anticipated $100,000 profit was turned into a $100,000 loss and brought the erring servant to his knees. It was a thoroughly chastening and repentant Laturno, who by much courage and faith pledged not only $5,000 to his church for the year... He skipped, but also the same amount for the following year in the phase of a $100,000 debt and no money for payroll. On top of that, his bookkeeper was ready to quit. From that point on, Latour's fortune changed within four years. He and his wife found that the Latour Foundation comprised of 90% of the stock of Latour Corporation, the earnings of the Financial Evangelical Christian work worldwide. At one time, the foundation was worth $40 million. Latour often said, quote, It is not how much money I give to God, but how much of God's money I keep for myself. So It's a matter of perspective, isn't it? We as a church in the past have sent financial relief to different places. Out of our love for the people of God. The problem is that every church who has a need or sees a need or any Christian, they want you to be involved in it and that's impossible and it's not wise. We are individuals, and God will direct and guide each congregation. If you're not aware of that, then churches get on this whole mechanical movement that they just keep butting up and hitting each other with letters and pleas and telephone calls. And it's a machinery that goes on without direction from God. And let me say this, probably as much money wasted in the church as there is with the federal government. And rather than just... Going to God and only spending and getting involved in what they want. They just ask for more money. That's what the government does, right? Simple. No different. The key is to seek God and then respond in obedience to God's direction. I trust you remember the sermon we did in Jeremiah 33.3. Listen to the key verse. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. It's always going to God, ladies and gentlemen. We have never pressed you. We'll never press you. We'll never tighten on the screws on you. We never plead over the radio. We never say we appreciate your financial support. We uh, cover your spiritual support. No, no, no. Those are all hints. We believe that it's, easier, it's much better to give than to receive. And you, I commend you as a body for your obedience to Christ. Because we give. We don't take. We here at Calvary Chapel reach out to those. And we are an example of a church of Jesus Christ. Very, very important. The plea, if there is any, should only be to the Christian church and not to the spectacle of the world. There is um, the practice of so many television ministries as well as radio who beg, beg, beg. And especially in summer months. And they beg, it's embarrassing. The whole world's mocking us. No wonder they have skits on Saturday Night Live and everything else. No wonder they say Christians are a bunch of hungry, uh, money-hungry people. My Lord. The plea often is deceitful through emotion or guilt or sad stories. Matthew twenty-three fourteen says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devour widows' houses for pretense, make long prayers, therefore you will receive greater condemnation. Pleading on people, using them, manipulating them. God helped those pastors. The example of giving out of love, compassion for other churches is what God honors. Both in the past and the present it should always cause us to emulate those who are doers like that. As God leads us, not as men pressure us. When God leads us, not as people plea or beg. Where God leads us and when men want to build their kingdoms, we say no. We're here to build the kingdom of God. Listen to Proverbs 3, 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. The mutual partaking in the collection for the poor saints was in view of family unity. That's it. Notice secondly, verse 2. The method of gathering the collection. The Apostle Paul indicated the collection should be on the first day of the week. Paul refers to Sunday by the phrase, the first day of the week. The Jews gathered on Sabbaths, Saturday, Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. The church gathered on Sunday, never on Saturday. Now you'll hear a lot of stuff, well, the Catholic church corrupted the day from Saturday to Sunday. That's a lie. I'm going to give you text in the book of Acts they made on Sunday. Here's one of them. Okay. The church has always met on Sunday. The phrase is used when the women and disciples came to the tomb and Jesus had risen on the first day of the week Matthew 26, 17, 28, 1, Mark 16, 2, Luke 24, 1, John 21. Just to mention a few. First day of the week, Sunday. Yes, the pagan Sunday is Saturnalia, the sun god. We don't worship him. Saturday is Saturn. You worship Saturn? <laughs> It's the Gregorian calendar. Come on. Paul knew the phrase was used for the customary day of the church. Listen to Acts 20 verse 7 when he's speaking to the Ephesian elders. Luke is the writer. As Paul arrived at Troas having um, left Ephesus on his way to Jerusalem. He preached there until midnight. And the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread it says. First day of the week. They always met on Sunday. The consistent use of the words indicates that very clear that the church gathered on Sunday, as stated in our text. So this is what he says it should be taken. The church fathers, the second century father, Justin Martyr, attested that the collection was taken on Sunday. The church is not to be thought of as meeting in a building like we're meeting. They met in home churches. We go through the letters. Greet to those of the house of Stephanas. Achille and Priscilla open their house. Greet them for us. It wasn't until the end of the 2nd century, beginning of the 3rd century, when they started meeting in buildings. The church, as you know, is Ecclesia. Ek out, Kaleo to call. Called out of darkness into the light of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God. We're heavenly citizens. Now notice next, the Apostle Paul indicated the collection should be of their own free will. Let each one of you lay something aside. The giving was to be personal, the giving was to be done individually, and the giving was to be done by all. And the giving of the church of Macedonia was used by Paul to reprove the Corinthians in his second letter. In 2 Corinthians 8, 1 and 2 He said this Moreover brethren We make known to you The grace of God So now he calls the offering The grace of God Okay Not contribution Bestowed on the churches Of Macedonia That in great trial of affliction And abundance of their joy And their deep poverty Abounded in the riches Of their liberality So these guys were poor The Macedonians were poor All the wars happened In that area They were poor Financially But then as he goes on in Second Corinthians eight, verse four and five, he says, imploring us that with much urgency, that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints, and not only as we had hope, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God." So Paul said, "Listen, no, that's okay." He says, "Hey, don't do that, Paul. They gave us our Messiah. They gave us our Scripture. We can at least give them a little bit of what we have." Wow. Verse 6-8 of the same chapter, he says, So we urge Titus, that as he had begun, so he would also complete this grace in you as well. He calls it grace again. But as you abound in everything, in faith, and speech, and knowledge, and all diligence, and your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. I speak not by commandment, but I am testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others. I didn't bring it up. I didn't tell you to do it. You said you were going to do it. In verse 10 and 11 he says, "And this I give advice. It is to your advantage not only to be doing what you began and were desiring to do a year ago, but now you also must complete the doing of it that as there was a readiness to desire it, so there also may be a completion out of what you have. He's saying as God leads you, as God has blessed you, let Him direct you. Wow. How simple that is.
0: Pastor Xavier Reese with a simple reminder about the faithful provision of God for the saints. And this presentation, drawn from 1 Corinthians, can be heard again anytime on demand by way of the radio listings link set up at CalvaryChapelPasadena.com Of course, you can also request your own copy of today's encouraging study called An Offering of Love. It's available for just $4 on CD as well. And be sure and request an additional copy to pass along to someone in your church or Bible study. The title to ask for once again is, An Offering of Love. Or simply mention today's date when you write, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And it's helpful when you include the call letters of this station when you contact us. How much are we supposed to give to the work of the ministry? Find out when you give a listen and join Pastor Xavier Reese for the next edition of Simple Truths.